0: we are worthy to get what we want and that now is the time this is not a dress rehearsal it's not once x y and z happens then our life's gonna begin like these are the days this is life right now
1: Thanks to Canva Pro for supporting my podcast. Canva Pro is a design platform that empowers you to create and share stunning content in just a few clicks. Get a free 45-day extended trial by going to canva.me slash dreamjob. Thanks to EverlyWell. EverlyWell is digital healthcare designed for you all at an affordable, transparent price. With over 30 at-home lab tests, you'll be able to choose the tests that make the most sense for you to get the answers you need, like the women's health test or food sensitivity test. Everly Well is offering a special discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com slash dreamjob. And thanks to ZocDoc. With ZocDoc, you can search for local doctors who accept your insurance, read verified patient reviews, and book an appointment in person or video chat. Go to ZocDoc.com slash dreamjob and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top-rated doctor. Hey guys, it's Kathy. Welcome back to the podcast. So yesterday was my birthday and you may have seen, I posted it on Instagram and it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing, you know, to stop and have a birthday. I feel like it gives you this big permission slip where you decide that you're just going to be in the best possible mood and you feel so grateful and you feel like the world is in technicolor and you really take everything in and you feel like, ah, how blessed and lucky and what a cool thing. I was thinking my husband also had that because yesterday was Father's Day and I could see like he was beaming the whole day in the same way. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool if we didn't wait for holidays to feel that, but we gave ourselves that reminder to be in that magnetism, really soaking up the preciousness of life every day. So that's my wish for all of us. And I have to say on this birthday, I woke up and I did my morning meditation. And I was just really reflecting on what do I really want this year? And what do I really notice that has transpired since last year? And isn't it amazing when you look back, and it's just been a year, you could see just wow, how much you've grown, how much you've expanded, how much of a capacity you have for more well-being, for more creativity. And so I definitely feel that way, you know, and I'm really grateful to Dr. Joe Dispenza and going to his retreats. I'm really grateful to Deepak Chopra and Marian Williamson and all of the girls on my team and all of my mentors, Rabbi David Aaron. I'm, I'm so grateful for the work of the tools I've been given and the incredible guests we've had on the show and my colleagues who really helped me grow. And all of you, I feel like it's just such an incredible treasure. I don't know if I could ever fully convey what it means to have this community and to feel so lifted. I saw some of your birthday wishes on Instagram and you guys lift me up like a zillion balloons, like that little boy in the movie Up, that Pixar movie where the balloons lift him that's how i feel with this community and i want to tell you one of my dreams for this year is to be in person with you guys a lot more and so we're going to be taking the podcast on tour and i'll be doing like these events in different cities so stay tuned for that that's going to be really fun i believe the first one we might do is going to be in nashville um so stay tuned for that and i'm going to be doing a lot more retreats these in person events they're so good The last one we did was about three weeks ago, and I said to my team at the end, there's no way I could ever unsee what I just saw, the amount of transformation, the power of what happened in that space in three days. It was equivalent to days and days and days and days and years and years and years of what it would take sometimes searching for that breakthrough, like what we were able to do. In just three days, we just collapsed space and time and people just shed tons of this, you know, metaphorical weight. We were able to shift so much and really bring ourselves so much closer to what we want to see materialize and manifest in our life. And it was incredible. And so we're going to do another one. I really can't put it into words. And it's, you know, it's one thing if if a few people leave an experience, they say, oh, that was amazing, but truly Every single woman who left that experience said it was so much more than they could ever have imagined. And so we just have to keep doing them. So our next one's going to be in Malibu on this gorgeous ranch. It's such an incredible property. I actually got married there and it's going to be August 1st through the 3rd. We are already selling out and it's going to be so incredible. There's going to be a sound bath. There is going to be breath work there is going to be meditation. There's going to be beautiful work on rewiring your mind for abundance. You're going to love it. So if you want to grab your spot, go to kathyheller.com retreat. Boy, would I love to see you there. It's going to be so epic. So come on and join us in Malibu in August and let's get that rocket fuel and just move into that portal. It's going to be so good. I'm really happy about today's episode because my friend Julie Solomon is back with us today. She's such an incredible person. She's a speaker, a branding expert, a business coach. She's also a podcast host, and she's the author of a brand new spanking book called Get What You Want, How to Go from Unseen to Unstoppable. It just came out this month, and it's so good. This is an empowering guide about how to shake off your limiting beliefs, love and accept yourself, discover your true purpose, set boundaries, and even include some great tips on how to pitch yourself and negotiate and get anything you want. This is seriously going to raise your vibration and also give you some tactical steps to take, so definitely get your copy. And for those who buy Julie's book, you're going to be able to join me and her for a special virtual fireside chat and some Q&A that we're going to do later in the summer. We'll have more details soon on how you can claim your seat for that. In the meantime, you should go listen to her awesome podcast, The Influencer Podcast, where she offers real-time coaching, straight talk, and conversations about business growth and personal development. She's had great guests on like Gabby Bernstein, Amy Porterfield, Terry Cole, and I was even a guest a few years ago, which was really fun. Julie is always filled with so many empowering, deep words of wisdom, and she's one of the most beautiful people I know inside and out. So if you didn't already love her, I know you're going to want to be fully immersed in her world by the end of this. So without further ado, please welcome the incredible Julie Solomon. You're the real deal, Julie Solomon. We've had you on the show before. And I think what's most important is to dive into this book because it really is the most exciting thing in the world to tell people that they can get what they want. And you actually believe it. So, how the hell do we do that?
0: Yes, you know, it's funny I was talking to somebody the other day who said that she had been reading um, an advanced copy of the book, and she was, I don't know, she was out somewhere and and someone came up to her and she was like, "Get what you want. You're reading a book called "Get what you Want Ooh." Like why would you read something like that? Like that's so like you know forceful and like you know arrogant and like ooh and she and she said she looked over and she goes, Well, what should I be reading? Don't get what I want. (laughs) You know, compared to what? But I I found that story fascinating. Oh, my God. Fascinating because... A lot of times that very example is why we can't or we don't get what we want because we don't think that we are worthy of getting what we want. We don't think that getting what we want is possible. We don't think that we know how to get what we want. We think getting what we want is bad or wrong or arrogant. Or something to be ashamed of. And so I I thought that that was a really kind of interesting, you know, way of like, well, this is why I wrote it, you know, I want people if they can stay curious and open minded to this idea of, well, how do I get what I want? And what do I really want? And I think for a very long time, I didn't think that getting what I want wanted was possible. For a very long time, I didn't know. I, I thought I didn't know what I wanted. So then how could I get what I want if I don't know what I want? And that was really the the idea of where this came from, I I feel like people write books when they have something to say, or I hope that people write books when they have something to say. And um, this book came about several years ago, but I think the fact that it's out as of tomorrow, which will be June 7th. And I think that it's meant for this time and place. You know, we've been living in in a world and in an energy and a space that i i think from my perspective people feel so disconnected they feel so disembodied they feel so disoriented and detached from themselves from their communities from their kids schools from their you know religious affiliation from whatever that may be to them they feel so isolated and so alone and i think now more than ever do we have to remind and remember ourselves the importance of not only striving to get what we want and activating what that is that we want but but really believing that we are worthy to get what we want and that now is the time this is not a dress rehearsal this is life literally right now i was up in john's office like a few days ago and it was so weird i don't know why we were talking about something and out of nowhere i just looked over at him and i said you know that this is our life right now like literally right now. And we weren't even talking about, you know, I don't even remember what we were talking about, but just, I don't know. I had this feeling to be, to say that, to say, this is our life. It's not once X, Y, and Z happens, then our life's going to begin. Like these are the days, this is life right now. And I just, I took that, that moment. And so mm-hmm. it's like, how do we not waste that? How how do we get what what we want? If that is true?
1: I mean, you just said like, eight mic drops in a row. And you're right about all of those things. And it is, this is our life. And I just want to start with where you started with what that woman said. Like, what are you writing, reading a book about getting what you want? And what's so fascinating, right? Is it's so egocentric because there's no difference. There's no separation between me and you. There's no separation. Like we're all part of this one ocean. And so when one wave Rises, it affects the whole tide you know when somebody is lit up and in a state of love and compassion and abundance and energy it affects the whole community affects their family. It affects the world. When one person has the courage to be vulnerable, to be excited, to be receiving, to be receptive, it affects everybody. And so for somebody to say that, what they're really doing, since everything is a hologram, is they're basically saying, who am I to get what I want? Therefore, who are you to get what you want? And you are separate from everyone else. So if you would get what you want, I'm going to co-sign that that's about scarcity. Because if you got what you want, there'd be less for other people. And that is literally not the way the universe works. It just doesn't work that way. So let's unpack some of this because you said very clearly, I think you're right. People don't believe that they can get what they want. Mm. So how do you help them understand that they can? And when you said, be curious, like what's really here, how do we start to see what we really, what we really want and how we can have it in like the most supersized way? Yeah,
0: I think the first thing is when people say, and I just use this for my own life experience. And then when I hold space for women and coach them, they'll come to me and they'll say, Julie, I I can't get what I want. I don't know what I want. And, but I think if we pause, my thought is this, we always know what we want because we always know what we don't want. And so if we, if we are using what it is that we don't want as that driving force and as that compass, it it will lead us to more of what we do want. And I'll give you an example. I grew up in a very, with very humble beginnings. My my parents d- both did not go to college. We did not have a lot of money growing up. My grandparents lived in a trailer, very small town. The only thing that was around me was was just mere su- survival. If we just, you know, my dad wore a blue collar to work every day, punched the clock. You know, if we made just enough money to pay the bills, then we were okay. If we made just enough money to buy the milk, then we were okay. So this idea of not enough, this idea of limitation, this idea of scarcity was always part of my existence. I didn't know any different as a child. And as I grew up, that compounded into a lot of really negative behaviors and patterns. One with you know how I viewed food and my body and how you know I would eat to suppress feelings of not being enough um, with money. I didn't think that there was enough money to go around. Those two things were, were huge. A lot of codependent patterns that I would have to people please, or I would have to really abandon myself and my own truth to make sure that other people felt okay. And more so, the more that I could show up and perform and be to other people what they needed me to be and give them really great ideas and make them feel really good about themselves, then the more that I would be validated, liked and loved. And so my worthiness was always contingent on someone else saying, Julie, you are worthy of this. And so all of this would compound into really Disruptive behaviors. And as I got older and I went to college and I studied a lot, and I think also due to that scarcity mindset, I am someone who is massively relentless, which can serve me well and also serve me not very well. So I will do and grind and go and like, I will work, outwork anyone and outwork you even more. And when you think I can, I'm going to outwork and outwork. And I mean, that's just my mentality. I go, I go, I go. I don't have time to be because I've got to do. And that was who I was for a very long time. And so what happened was that I was able to start a really great career. I was able to start getting respected and admired for my work, which of course, like my people pleasing heart that just filled me up so much. I started to be seen as X, Y, and Z, which made me feel so good. All of this external validation and I could make money, but I didn't feel worthy of the money that I was making. So what I would do is I would spend it faster than I could make it. I would go shopping. I would go, you know, lunch with my girlfriends. I would just spend with no awareness of what I was doing. And because I was so limited also, there was another kind of origin story that I had that because I'm a woman, from a small town, I'm not capable of managing money. There has to be some man that comes in and saves the day. And the man's gonna work and balance the checkbook and pay the bills, and then I'm just gonna be over here You know, with my cute little job, just kind of doing what I want to do. And isn't that cute? You know, she's got a little job, but the man's over here, like really taking care of stuff. And that was what was modeled to me culturally and in how I was brought up by my parents, my grandparents, etc. And then there just wasn't a lot to begin with. So it was this dichotomy of there's not enough, but when there is anything, I don't know what to do with it because I'm a financial toddler. So some fairy you know, godfather is gonna come down from the sky and take care of me so I can just not pay attention to what I'm doing and just spend however I want. And underneath all of that was this heaping mound of shame. I had so much shame of why am I this way? Why do I think this way? Why is why is it never enough? You know, how much money do you want to make, Julie? All of it. Just all of it. Okay, well, how much is that? Well, it's just all of it. And then once I make all of that, then I'm going to make all of the more of all of that. And then once I make all of that, then I'm just going to keep making more. There was never a moment of realistic thinking as to, what, what am I going to use this money for? How, how am I really seeing this as this abundant thing that that can be this beautiful exchange of energy? And so I started to hide my spending because I was so ashamed of it and I didn't know how to get out of it. And I would justify and rationalize my destructive behavior. Like I would say things, well, you know, I'm not buying Chanel purses, so it can't be that bad. Or, you know, I'm, I'm just going and getting a coffee. Like I'm not spending it on something horrible. I'm not gambling it away all this rationalization and so I kept hiding and I kept hiding and then finally about two and a half years of this behavior I had racked up over thirty thousand dollars of credit card debt my husband had no idea I kept making up and telling myself that like some magical thing was gonna happen and I would be able to pay it off before he ever knew and then he called me one day and he said hey hun, when were you gonna tell me about the credit card And in that moment, I was like, how do I fix this? Because I'm a fixer, you know, like, what can I come up with? And there was nothing else to come up with. I mean, it was my rock bottom financial moment of, of here I am and I'm dealt with this. And the thing that happened, and I remember the moment so clearly, I was sitting at my kitchen table in Toluca, Lake, California, and my husband was talking and I couldn't hear what he was saying because the only thing that I could hear was why am i so flippin afraid to be honest to be honest about money to be honest about my my lack of worthiness to, to 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 show myself to be honest with myself why am i so afraid of my truth of my true authentic self and that set me on a path to to essentially getting what i want but i had to really unpack a lot of things first
1: it's so good I mean, it's so big because the most toxic thing in the world is shame. Most toxic thing. It's like, there's a place for grief. There's a way for us to honor pain. Shame is so toxic. You can't be with it. You can't witness it. You can't, it, it's, it's so awful. In fact, my first trip to Nashville, I went to onsite, which is like an hour outside of the city. And that's what we learned is like, there's no room for shame. We have to let go of it and why it's so powerful that this is where you started the conversation. I told you guys, she's the real deal. How real was that? That she shared that. And that this isn't the part of the story of the book because we're all hiding something because of shame. And so for you to come out and just Say that. I mean, of all the things, there's probably like three big things people have shame around, and money is definitely one of them. And for you to name it out loud, and I relate, I I understand that story of like, I just have to make all of it again. And I just have to make all of it again. Oh my God. So there was never enough. It was just like you more, more, more. And what do I have to do to make all of it again? It's so interesting, right? Because as you said, in order to get what you wanted. You had to be willing to be honest so you could unpack what was in the way. And that takes so much flipping courage to be able to just sit here and go, oh, 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 here's what's really up. Mm -hmm. So this is what has to stop. And the first way to do that is to let go of shame. And just by you telling the story, Jules, and I know that you know this, but I'm going to say it again. Because other people are carrying things that just by you telling that story, just by you telling that story, you freed so many people who are listening right now of their own shame. So thank you. Because you've already done a lot just by sharing that.
0: Thank you. And I feel like it's important because maybe there's someone out there that's like, this girl is freaking crazy. Like she can't balance a checkbook. Like what is wrong, you know, but it's like, maybe it's not money for you, but maybe it's food you know or maybe it's maybe you're someone that tells yourself that the only way that you can go out and have a good time with your friends is if you drink you know, or maybe it's the only way that, you know, I can be accepted or seen as if I, you know, do X, do work, work out five hours a day or I have to drink in order to have fun or, you know, I can never get my body the way that I want it. So who cares if I eat all these donuts? You know, food has been a big thing for me, too. I remember when I was pregnant with my first son, I would drive around all of L.A., which is not easy to do with traffic, and I would go to all of the donut spots. And I would eat all the donuts, but then I wouldn't swallow them. I would spit them out in a bag because I couldn't. And I like tried to throw up throughout my life. Like I could never be anorexic because I just love food so much. I had tried to be bulimic at times and I couldn't do that. So I would just eat things and and then throw it up. And it's because it's these moments that I feel so disconnected from my body. It's so
1: hard to hear it. It's so heartbreaking. And I just have to like Give you an energetic hug. It's just, mm. it's so much. I, I just, you know, my heart races to hear that.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's like, you know, you're pregnant. It's supposed to be this beautiful time in your life, but I feel, I don't physically feel great. I, when I look in the mirror, I'm like, woo, here she comes waddling through. And so it's like, what do I do? I get in my car, I go to all these donut shops and I eat to fill that void. And then I spit them out in bags. And that's like what made temporarily. It's like, it, it gets me that hit that I need. And this is like addictive pattern stuff that we could, you know, talk about too but it it gives me that hit that i need to feel worthy because i wasn't able to to get that within myself and until and i talk about this in chapter one of the book your origin story so we all have them i've just shared with some of them of mine to you you know it's what are these what are these stories from our origin or when we're being raised when we're coming up that bring us into adulthood that really shape the way that we view the world i kind of think of them as prescription glasses that we put on so it's like if we take the glasses off that's like reality but then we have these prescription glasses that and that's literally our our lens of the world and our lens of reality and we forget That we can either take the glasses off or we can change the prescription we don't even know that that's possible and so to for me the the origin story starts to kind of unlock that and you don't want to stay in the origin story for very long because it's very triggering and traumatizing but it will give you the the perspective that you need to start to find freedom and and that's what it did for me and and I actually found three tools that I started using once I started to get my own help through therapy, recovery circles, reading books, I found these three incredible tools to freedom that once I was able to unlock my origin story, I started to utilize these tools. And that is really what has just completely saved my life and changed my life.
1: Well, I can't wait to dive into those tools right now. Before we do, I want to ask you, because you talk about it in the book, how to overcome self-loathing, right? And so it's like, before we can do the, the work on what these tools are, it's like, it's one thing for us to name the thing that we are ashamed of, but it feels like a really big leap to make room for ourselves and love. Like when you say in the book, overcome self-loathing and feel good about who you are. It's like, well, I can name it. That would take a lot of courage, but I could say it out loud. But then for you to tell me that I have to find a way to overcome how much I hate that about myself is really hard. And I remember when I was first taking mindfulness classes at UCLA and my teacher used to say that every single day we should have tea and invite all the parts of ourself to join us, the parts that are brave and the parts that self-sabotage, the parts that are liars and the parts of us that are really unbelievably courageous and strong and compassionate and everything in between. And there's, again, everything's a hologram. So to the extent that you will judge yourself and not like parts of yourself, right? you're going to do that with other people. So that that gets put in the water of this whole ocean. And we don't want to do that. We want to make space for other people. And the truth is that when other people tell us their flaws, we immediately love them even more. We get it. We go, oh my gosh, I understand. I have parts of me that are self-destructive. I love you anyway, right? And by the way, this is where I say, like love is not something that's earned. It's just given. It's just a gift. Another Nashville person, shared that with me in that way, which is Donald Miller. He writes about it in his book, Scary Close. And he usually writes about business. And then he also has some beautiful writing novels that he's written, but he writes about his own journey with learning to love himself and letting his wife in. And he goes, and I realized love is not earned. It's not like, well, I like this one of your qualities, but I don't like this one of your qualities. Love was just a gift, right? So how did you learn to do that so that you could then take on, you know, these tools that were helpful. And then we'll talk about what those tools were.
0: Yeah. You know, it's that, that really is the starting point of, I didn't really believe in my own worthiness to receive that love just because I was me. You know, I thought I had to be someone else or I had to achieve something or I had to perform in a certain way. And so the first thing was me becoming just aware of that, of that thought. Like, oh, this is, this is what I'm, I'm choosing to believe that just me being this, a human being on the planet is not enough to receive love. The second thing is that I had to let it begin with me. If I really expected to give love, receive love, show love, I had to really start to love myself and I had to start taking stock of the ways. And these are just kind of the tools that I used. And for me, I'm very tactic driven you know, the way that i study, the way that I see things. And so it it, it was very kind of step-by-step step for me. I started to actually take a journal of like the thoughts that I started having, you know, what, what are the thoughts that I'm thinking about myself on a day-to-day basis? What are the thoughts that I'm thinking about my family? What are the thoughts that I'm thinking about my business? Are they thoughts that are actually getting me more of what I want? Or are they thoughts that are actually keeping me in some kind of pattern or belief that isn't conducive to where I want to go. So, you know, for example, a thought that I had was that in order to succeed, you had to suffer. And suffering is actually like this badge of honor that if you're not suffering, then you're doing something wrong. You've Mm -hmm. got to pay to play. So that was a really interesting thought of like, oh, well, of course I'm self sabotaging. And of course I'm hitting all these walls. And of course I'm spending more money than, you know, spending money faster than I can make it and then hiding it. Because I believe that this has to be a struggle. I believe that there has to be some kind of suffer in being worthy of that gift of love and that gift of abundance. So, what could be maybe the opposite of that? That really helped me of just kind of identifying certain thoughts about, and that, you know, just using that as an example that I would have. And it's like, well, what if I chose to have a different thought? Like, what, what if it didn't have to be hard? What if it could be easy? And then what would that look like? Maybe I, I don't have this knee-gut reaction to just go buy a lip gloss. <laughs> you know, maybe I change the subject or meditate or call a friend or go for a walk instead. Things like that were really helpful for me. And it feels very manual because it is, <laughs> but it's important. That if you don't take the time, and again, this this goes back to that idea of connecting back to your body and to your emotional well-being and to really understanding what you're thinking and feeling on a day-to-day basis. And for someone, if you're like me, who's just like, go, 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 like I, I had to do it. I had no other choice at that point. I mm-hmm. had to do that. And so it was just these moments. I would carry a, a journal with me or even put them in the notes app of my phone and I would just... Oh, that's an interesting, okay, I'm thinking this. What am I thinking? Mm. Why is this situation a struggle? What am I thinking about it? Oh, I'm thinking that, you know, I'm not enough or people, people in my community don't value me or why should I create this? No, one's going to care anyway, or this isn't going to be successful. So why do it, you know, what are these old stories? And then from there, I was able to start to create some new ones just by. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's amazing because first of all, it takes a tremendous amount of, focused attention to do that, where you don't go unconscious, you don't go asleep, you are noticing the thought, noticing the thought. And it's something we actually could do, right? It's something that we we know that like, I could take that on as a mission today to notice what I'm thinking and, and to write it down. And it really is so powerful, like your thoughts become things, your thoughts actually create electricity. And that is so much of like the heavy lifting, like if you can just find the awareness of, oh, I thought you have to suffer to make money. I mean, oh my God. Like, so you were a match for it. You figured it out. Right.
0: Yep. I was actually being loyal to that origin story. Like, you know, we all have a payoff in the thoughts that we think, whether we realize it or not. And I'll give you an example. There was a, a woman that I coached that she always had this cough And she could never figure out, she was like, ever since I was little, I just, I have this cough and I can't get rid of this cough. And it's not that I'm really sick, but I'm just coughing all the time. And when we started to kind of unpack her origin story, she remembered, there was a time when she was young that whenever she coughed, she got attention. So she correlated this coughing mechanism or like hiccups, just this thing that she would do to attention that was the void that she was trying to fill and Mm -hmm. so she was like oh my gosh i i am subconsciously doing this because my origin story told me that when i did this i got attention and so it's it's this this idea of that which is actually the first tool out of the three which is awareness which we can talk about in a minute but becoming more aware of the patterns and the behaviors and the thoughts and the feelings and something that i also learned is that if it's hysterical it's most likely historical. Mm. If there is that thing that just causes so much hysteria and chaos and like, ah, in your life, there is most likely some kind of historical pattern that has been happening, which makes you freak out. And so I had to ask myself, like, what are the things that I get most like dramatic and hysterical and like chaos and crazy and insane about and, like, let's kind of just see if there's a pattern that's playing here. Yeah. So that was really
1: big for me. So, awareness, huge. And then, what are the other two? Pieces.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, if, if anyone has ever gone to therapy or like gone to recovery groups, they might've heard of this. Like this is, I didn't in- invent these, but these did like save my life. And so I love to share them whenever I can. Um, they're my three tools to freedom and it's awareness, acceptance, and action the three A's. So awareness is, awareness is just that identification. It's what we're talking about. I I ran awareness is the identification that there is a problem or a dysfunction that exists in your life that needs to change. That's it. And in order to become aware, we have to start really taking stock of everything that we just discussed. Mm -hmm. So that's the first step. The second one is often the most challenging and uncomfortable one. Most people, including myself, want to just completely bypass this one and go straight to the third one because it's acceptance. And acceptance is really can be this uncomfortable place. It's a very eye-opening place. I think of acceptance as when we're not in acceptance, we're frozen. And what acceptance does is it thaws us out. Mm -hmm. And it allows us to really start to take stock and take ownership. It's kind of this place where we have to come to grips with the notion that there's a problem in my life that is a part of me. It's not all of me. So I don't need to shame myself for for it, but it's a part of me. And it's a piece to the puzzle in my life that no longer fits. And since it no longer fits, it needs to be removed. And it is my job and my job only to remove that piece. It is not Kathy's responsibility or Heather's responsibility or Regina's responsibility or my dad's responsibility or my teacher's responsibility. It is mine. Therefore I am responsible wholeheartedly for this, because this, this began with me and it now I can choose for it to end with me. I may not be able to control what happened to me, but now I have to get into this state of acceptance. Can I accept reality on reality's terms? Can I accept this problem, this dysfunction, this person, this place, this thing, this idea exactly as it is and
1: nothing more? It's so good. I love everything about this conversation. Before we keep going, we should thank our sponsors. I know that finding and booking a doctor who's right for you can be such a headache. Will they take your insurance, understand your needs, or be available when you can see them? With ZocDoc, the answer can be refreshingly pain-free, yes. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. With ZocDoc, you can read up on local doctors and see verified patient reviews so you know what other real humans had to say about their visit. This way, when you walk into that doctor's office, you're set up to see someone in your network who gets you. It's really simple. Just go to ZocDoc.com, choose a time slot and whether you want to see the doctor in person or do a video visit. And just like that, you're booked. I love that they're making making it easy to find the doctor that's right for you. And you can book an appointment that works for your schedule. It's super convenient for someone like me, who usually has such a full calendar. It's no wonder that every month, millions of people use ZocDoc. In the chaotic world of healthcare, let ZocDoc be your trusted guide to find a quality doctor in a way that is surprisingly pain-free. With ZocDoc, you can get your docs in a row. Now is the time to prioritize your health. Go to zocdoc.com slash dreamjob and download the zocdoc app to sign up for free and book a top rated doctor. Many are available as soon as today. That's zocdoc.com slash dreamjob. zocdoc.com slash dreamjob. I've used Canva since the early days of starting my business, so I love that they're a supporter of this show. Canva Pro is a design platform that empowers you to create and share stunning content in just a few clicks. Designing with Canva Pro is fast, easy, and fun to use. You can choose from thousands of professionally made templates, which are easy to customize with simple drag and drop features, or you can start from scratch. We use Canva Pro all the time to make social media graphics, video reels, slideshows, workbooks. I mean, the possibilities are endless. And what's surprising is that none of us have a background in graphics or design, but we can easily make content that looks super professional. I also love that we have access to an endless library of beautiful premium fonts, photos, videos, and more elements that fit with our brand. You can get all of this and more with a Canva Pro subscription. Stay on top of team projects with an easy organizing system that allows you to share, edit, and comment in real time with Canva Pro. With Canva Pro's content planner, you're going to save time planning, creating, and posting social media content also. You and up to four teammates can unlock Canva Pro for just $12.99 a month. It's truly one of the most valuable tools we have, and I cannot recommend it enough wow your audience with Canva Pro, the easiest way to create presentations, get a free 45-day extended trial by going to canva.me dreamjob. That's canv dot M-E dreamjob to get your free 45-day extended trial. And the third one is also big and I can't wait to get into it because with that inspired action, you turned so much of your life around and then helped other people as well with all three of these pieces. So tell us about the action and which is the action that we know is the right action.
0: Yeah, the action is is really the plan that we have to figure out and implement to start to recover and restore and bring back some of the things that have been lost because of that dysfunction. So... You know, for me, with, with my dysfunction, with my spending habits and, and lying about the debt, the action was to, well, first I had to accept, <laughs> you know, had a hard acceptance with that. And then I had to start saying, really, for me, action, the question that I asked myself is, okay, this is the reality of the situation. Now, what am I going to do about it? You know, um, do I want to be right or do I want to be happy? Usually I want to be happy. So that's going to give me some kind of action. Is there is there a tool I need to learn? Is there, you know, a new pattern or idea I need to adopt? Do I just need more patience with something? You know, sometimes... Inaction can be inaction, but it's making sure that you're aware that I am consciously choosing to do this or to not do this so I can start to recover the things that have been lost because of the dysfunction. And those things tend to be confidence, self-esteem, balance, hope, surrender, serenity, joy, all of the things that we know that we want in life, abundance, wealth, whatever that may be for people. But we we can't, we're not even going to be able to identify that and just start to bring it back in until we choose to take the action that is best suited for us and and only you can decide what that action is
1: tell them what happened with your particular journey like you were in that moment with your husband he's like when are you going to tell me about this and then you went on this sort of introspective journey and quest and then what happened tell them what you wound up doing
0: Yeah, so my action was first to really start to like work on me. So that was lots of therapy, that was recovery groups, that was reading a lot of books, that was hiring coaches, life coaches. I believe that no matter what you want to do, if it's a, a personal growth or a business growth, you have to start learning and walking a path behind someone that has done exactly what it is that you are trying to do. So I sought out and I looked for women who seemed to kind of have the life that I wanted to have. You know, it's like, I know I don't live with them, but like for the most part, they seem to be happy. They seem to be at peace. They seem to truly love their business. They they seem to truly love themselves. They seem to be really happy in their relationships in whatever way that they, that, that looks like. They seem to be really happy where they live and whatever that looks like. Yes, it's not perfect, but, but they they figured something out that, like, I want to figure out. So I would I would start to just partner up and, you know, whether that was a coach or a therapist or mentors or friends. So that was a big action step for me. And from that, it started to unlock a lot of things. I started to find myself surrounded by different types of women who were thinking at a higher level, who were also working on themselves. We might have not had the same origin story, but we all have those roots of guilt and fear and shame and, you know, lack of worth and all of those things that we were getting to the other side of. And so to be able to have them really helped from, um, from a business standpoint, I started to really get clear on what is my purpose and what, what am I really doing here? What really lights me up? How can I be of service not only to the greater good, but really in service of myself. And I don't think that that's a selfish thing to say, because the more that I can put the mask on myself first and come from a really healthy place, the more that I'm going to be able to help someone else do that if they want to do that. Another thing for me, which was, I think, incredibly profound This took some time, but looking back now, something, and this kind of goes back to my people-pleasing, I had to start creating some really clear boundaries. I was not raised in a family or a home that boundaries were really reflective to me. I didn't ever have great examples of them. I didn't know what they were. I remember I was reading something once and I put the book down and I was like, I don't even know how to define a boundary. Like if someone asked me today, Julie, what is a boundary? I would be like, I don't, I don't know. You know, what is a boundary? That's interesting. (laughs) So I started to get really clear. And I think boundaries are also very different for other people. But what boundaries allowed me to do was not only start to love myself in such a deep, steadfast, unconditional way, but it allowed me to no longer assume the responsibility for other people's success or happiness. And that was like life-changing for me. Yeah, the fact that I could just express my own happiness. And and that is enough. And if someone wants to tune into that, they can tune into that. But just let my experience and my the way that I show up be enough. And then maybe it gives them the hope or the idea or the strength to do the same. But it is not my responsibility to do that for them. I am not that powerful. And so admitting that I think was huge for me. And then it really actually allowed me to start the work that I do now. I, I could have never been the coach that I am now or have the courses that I have now or hold space for women the way that I do now. If I was sitting around assuming the responsibility of their life, it's like, I don't know, like, you know, they could go off and like, chase bunny rabbits and chop their heads off after we get off of a call. I don't know what people do all day, you know? So it's like, I can't assume responsibility for that. I don't think anybody's chopping bunnies' heads off, but we don't know. And so just that idea of remembering, again, where I leave off and other people begin and putting that hard line in the sand there, it freed me in in ways that I would have never imagined.
1: Yeah. And it's amazing how powerful it is what you said about if you were just showing up and being the happiest, best version of you, the brightest light that you can be like that. You were like, what a revelation, like that's enough. Like that could be enough because it shows them what's possible. And really that's what people need is it's to be attuned, right. And they want to attune to something that keeps us in a higher vibration, a more resonant. And I, I see it in in myself and I see it in you. And I see it in all the women that I have the real joy and blessing of working with. And what's fascinating is we we don't give ourselves time to be in that process. It's like, we, we have to know on day one, you know, this is who I am and this is what really makes me unique. It's like, well, it takes a moment because how long have you been practicing that? So maybe you start and, you know, you're hanging out with your friends and you realize that you come home that night and you're like, wow, I I actually said a few things that were really bold that really are very me, like, you know, and I didn't worry about being judged. I just said it out loud, or maybe I did go on Instagram and I'm starting this business and there is something about it that feels really me, but oh my gosh, maybe then you realize there's even more that's actually really you and you allow yourself to keep finding your way to that. And it and it, and it gets to be okay that you're on that path and continuing to make those little pivots or big pivots that keep expressing your uniqueness and really allowing yourself, like you said, to set the boundary and not be signing off. Like we always forget that, right? Like when we are responsible and we think that other people, you know, that's about us, then we're not really understanding abundance. We're not really understanding, like everybody has access to this thing called God's life force, everyone, not just you. So like you said, you're not that powerful that you could keep somebody from alignment. You just can't. And that's their job. That's like the only job. That's like our free will is to tune in and to get aligned. And that's going to have to be up to them. Right. Yeah. So one other thing that you happened I, I was like, how does she have room to talk about all these things in your book? But one of the things that you talk about in the book is you, how you specifically got into like pitching yourself. And then you helped other people pitch themselves. And I think that that's really unique to you and not that other people don't do it, but you really teach it and you really have a specific way of looking at it. And you and I have talked about how many women you've helped to really honor how they have value. And they're like, well, I only have, you know, 1800 followers and I'm, you know, I've got red hair, I've got green hair, I look like this. And you're like, no, 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 no. Here's how you pitch yourself. I thought that would be fun if you share that. What what do you, what's your approach to pitching? And and she talks about more of this in the book. But what does it mean to pitch yourself and to be able to even see that there's worlds where you can collaborate and get paid to be you and show up in the world? What does that even mean? So I mean, a pitch really, I think, at the essence is it, it's. It's how
0: you sell something that you're offering to the world. I mean, that's essentially what what a pitch is, right? You you get in front of somebody and you're gonna sell them on this idea, this offer, this thing that you have. The way that I really try to approach it, and this just comes from my years of being a publicist and writing so many pitches and receiving so many pitches, I like to do it from a place that is very, I call it the spotlight method. It is it is serving really putting the spotlight on the other person and, and serving them. So one of my favorite acronyms has anyone heard of the acronym for wait? W a i t wait, WAIT. It stands for why am I talking? And it is so good and you can use it in pitching very very well because what it allows you to do is to get really clear on. Why am I wanting to say what I want to say right now? Why am I wanting to pick up my phone and post on Instagram or send this email or, you know, connect on LinkedIn? Why, why do I want to talk right now? Is it from a place of deeper purpose and why and impact and service, or is it some kind of like self-serving? I don't, I need attention right now, or I don't feel worthy right now, or I want to get some kind of short-lived reaction or response from someone right now to to fill some kind of void within me. So when I, when I think of pitching and the way that I help women do it in a really confident way is about staying rooted in that in that impact that is you. So the way that you do this is the spotlight method. It is about taking the spotlight off of you on a pitch and putting it on the other person that you're pitching. I think a lot of times, especially on social media, when we're running an online business or when we're wanting to pitch media or pitch brands or pitch companies, we forget that there's actual human beings on the other end of that with their own thoughts and challenges and fears and deadlines and you know everything that they're dealing with in their life and so the more that we can come at it from a place of you know this is what I do this is who I serve this is why it matters now and I would love to be able to support you in that what's important to you right now and why And really you know, showcasing who you are, kind of your elevator pitch, but then throwing it back on them to say, what would you find helpful right now? What is it that you're needing right now? What do you see working well? What do you see not working well? And how can I be a conduit for that? How can I be a solution provider for that? The biggest mistake I see people make when pitching is that they make it all about themselves. You know my name is this this is what i do this is what i want this is why it's special this is why it's amazing this is why you should care this is why I, i i i i and there's there's no room for the other person to come in with their thoughts and focuses and ideas and the more that you can get someone and this is like an old thing that my mom used to tell me she was like make them think it's their idea it will work every time like if you get someone on board and and do this in an authentic way you know, not in a salesy way, but really get them on board. So they they are going to have skin in the game. They're going to feel like a collaborative partner in what it is that you want to do. Not only does it, not only does everybody get what they want, but it becomes way bigger than I think you could have even imagined in the beginning. And that's that's why I think that with so many of my students and my clients that come with pitching, they're like, oh my gosh, Julie, I just went through the course. And, you know, and three hours later, I just sent a pitch and like, I've already made, you know, off of this pitch with this brand. And it's like, yes, because of the the way that you're coming at it is this more impactful, focused way instead of me, 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 followers, 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 which really at the end of the day, like that's not what it's about. And so it's about taking you out of that fear-based scarcity mindset and putting you more into this collaborative, abundant mindset. Another great tool that I would leave you all with The collaboration also leaves room for negotiating and making what you want even bigger and more impactful. So a question that you can either ask yourself or the person that you're pitching when you're trying to make what you want happen is what would it take? That's it. Like, What would it take to do this partnership? What would it take to speak on this stage? What would it take to get this book done? What would it take to partner with you? What would it take to work with you? What would it take to do this contributing post? most people don't ask that's why we never get feedback we never get information we think pitching doesn't work because we're not asking them what would it take to partner up and that goes back to well probably what it's going to take is them feeling like there's value in what it is that you're offering so most of the time people don't say no to your pitch because it's too expensive or they don't have time they say no to your pitch because they don't see the value in what it is that you're offering so it's your job to make sure that they see that value
1: and I just want to illuminate that this can really apply to anything that you are doing. And I'll give you a couple examples so that maybe it'll put some, you know, fireworks, brainstorms storms in your mind. So by the way, my whole career started from pitching. I was pitching music. And so I would call every day, cold call, a different ad agency. And the good news for me was like, okay, if I pick a, a, a major city like Chicago or San Francisco, there's going to be at least 10 or 20 ad agencies there. So I always had someone new to call. And so I would call them, I would call film you know, studios, I would call uh, networks, TV networks. And I would always do the exact same thing, which is, what are you working on? I write music, but what story are you telling? Instead of me sending you my last record, I'm saying, what's the movie about? Oh, it's two sisters. Oh, you need a sister song? I'll just go write one. And they would always say, no one does this. Everyone sends us their music and says, can you, can you use it in the movie? But you're asking the question and I would get the thing every time. So there was that. And I said to so many of the people that I have worked with, for instance, we had this woman who she makes cakes. And so I was like, well, you want to get more work, right? You want to do more of this. This is what she loves to do. I said, let's think out of the box. Like, where are the biggest investors for this? Where are the biggest fishing holes for this, right? When I was writing music, I could sing on the subway platform, but that's not gonna make me more than like, if I'm lucky, a hundred bucks at the end of the day. But if I write something for McDonald's, like they've got big checkbooks, I could make 80 grand writing a song for McDonald's. So same thing with her. I said, where could you make more money doing cakes? And we were talking about it and I said, what about corporate? She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, what about pitching corporate that you'll come in and do a team building activity with cake decorating and cake making. And she's like, that's so good. I'm like, yes, you'll go on LinkedIn and you'll reach out to people who are, you know, helping to create, there's always like a learning and development person, by the way, in corporate America who literally their job is to find retreat stuff and speakers to come in and da 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 da. So she lived near Atlanta. So she reached out to Coke and like Turner and all these things. She's like, you won't believe it. I'm like, no, I totally believe it. Like, Now I'm making five grand to go in for three hours and make cake. I'm like, yeah. And not only that, you're going to like get more work and blah, 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 blah. So how do you do that? You pitch like what I'm saying, what I'm saying, and I hope it's loud and clear. First of all, your abundance is not tied to who you pitch. Okay. Your abundance is a whole thing that has to do with where are you attuned? You know, the fact that Julie wound up marrying her husband, that has nothing to do with how much she hustles. She married a guy who's both stunning to look at and has such a good heart because she's a match for it. And that's what it's with abundance as well. And if you want to build a business and you want part of your abundance to come through that because you just love your business so much and you want to make cakes or you want to coach women or you want to write music, what I'm saying is it's already done. The checkbook is already there. I made my own career. I didn't wait for somebody to hire me. I just pitched myself. And that's what I'm saying all the time. It's like, you know, there's a thing called LinkedIn. You know, there's a thing called Instagram. Slide into Gary V's DMs. Like that's how DRock got his job following him around with a camera. He said, can I work with you? I will be with you for free for this many days. And if you like my work, you'll hire me to do anything else. Like, great, let's go. The guy now, you know, where is he? So I don't even get it. Like I don't get, there is no shortage of ways you can pitch yourself. And what Julie's saying is, this is how you pitch yourself. You know, you come from the angle of what do you need? What's your initiative? So it's really exciting. I have a few more things to ask you at first, which can take a quick ad break. Take action today for a healthier tomorrow with Everly Well. Their at-home lab tests and vitamins and supplements can help you get the knowledge and support you need so you can become a healthier you. Everly Well is digital healthcare designed for you all at an affordable and transparent price. With over 30 at-home lab tests, you can choose the test that makes the most sense for you to get the answers you need, like the women's health test or food sensitivity test. Everly Well also has high quality vitamins and supplements to support your overall health, including vitamin D3 and omega-3 fish oil. I took their women's health test. It was super simple because Everly well shipped it straight to my door all in one package. I collected my samples and then used the prepaid shipping label that they included to mail it back to a certified lab. And then after just a few days, I got my physician reviewed results sent to my phone and they gave me a really comprehensive breakdown of my hormonal balance so I can see what areas are normal or which ones might need a closer look. And now I can share the results with my primary care physician to find out what the next steps would be. You can also order vitamins and supplements on Everly Well and start adding them to your daily routine right away. It's so simple. Over 1 million people have trusted Everly Well to support their health and wellness goals. And you should too. For listeners of the show, Everly Well is offering a special discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com slash dream job. That's everlywell.com slash dream job for 20% off your next at-home lab test. everlywell.com slash dream job. Julie, would you mind answering a few questions from the girls on the call?
0: Yes. And I would love to actually respond to Becca Ray for a moment if I can.
1: Perfect. So it's already all lined up guys. And if you have a question for Julie, put it in the chat. So go ahead. You can start with
0: Becca. Becca, you brought up such a, such an important point. You said I am valuable in and of itself. You know, each of us are valuable. So this is why this idea of pitching is blurry to me. Am I getting that right? So yes, you are, and I'll I'll say it like this, Becca, like we just met, right? You don't know me. You don't follow me. We're just meeting now. So I could come to you and I could say, Becca, I'm really good at pitching and I, I know I can help you. Is that enough to get you to buy my program? Probably not. It is my job to articulate the value that I have and the results that I can give you if pitching is something that is important to you. So think about anybody that you've ever invested in with Kathy. It probably wasn't enough for just Kathy to look at you and say, I'm freaking amazing. You should join up with me. You should come (laughs) in here. I'm going to change. I'm going to change your life. Cause that's true, right? She is so valuable in being that. But Kathy had to be able to articulate on the value of the result that she is promising you. And so that's what I mean with the, with the pitch. It's not enough for us to just be valuable because it's not someone else's job to hunt that value down. It is our job to articulate that value to them and how that value is going to give them the result that they desire. And that's how you get people to happily pay you for your services. You have the right offer, you offer it to the right person, and you articulate the value that's going to give them the result that they desire. So Does that good. help?
1: Yeah. Thank you. Sarah's question is a, is one I hear a lot, which is how do you find your thing?
0: Mm, That's such
1: a good one. I have an entire chapter
0: on it because it's such a good one. Your thing to me is really your why and, um, your why is going to be different. I, I actually break it up into two chapters. I have your purpose and then I have your passions. I think the reason why it can be hard to find your things is that a lot of us feel like that every passion that we have is our deep rooted. Why purpose and so we feel like we can't give ourselves permission to evolve and pivot and change as we grow because every passion is a purpose. So I kind of look at it as your purpose is your why, your passions are your what, and your passions should grow and evolve as you grow and evolve. So how you find your thing is, is getting clear on your why. Why do you want to wake up and share your message, share your impact? impact with the world, you know, as if your livelihood depended on it, what is that why for you? For me, like that's freedom. That's why I do what I do every day is freedom. And that's really the only, you have to also make sure that your, your why is greater than any excuse that you would have for it, because we're always going to have these excuses of why we can't live out our why. And so that's my deep rooted Why Now how I found the things that activate that why, which are my passions, that was from my experience, what lit me up, what I found to be maybe interesting to test out, what people naturally came to me for. You know, people were always, I'm a connector, people would always ask me about ways to connect to people, ways to connect to ideas. And I allowed myself the permission for those things to kind of evolve and even shed away. So for example, my thing 10 years ago was publicity. I don't do publicity anymore. It doesn't mean that I, that my why is not the same. It just means that my passion has changed. So I give myself the freedom to pivot. Now I find myself kind of doing that same why, which is the freedom to be able to share my message and my voice with the world and connect people. But I do it through podcasting and coaching and writing books and speaking on stages. I don't do it in
1: PR anymore. Does that help? Yeah. People were just asking about the pitching thing. So, do you want to send them somewhere as a resource? Obviously the book, they can all go get the book. I really hope that they will get the book and they will share the book. But you you have a whole, there you go, perfect.net. Yep.
0: And oh. um, so yeah, there's a whole chapter on pitching in the book, which will really kind of lay a really strong foundation for anyone who's curious about that if you want to dive deeper that is the program and it's actually if you get in now it's going to be really magical because we are revamping the entire thing in a couple of months that you're going to get access to some things that we don't even offer right now like weekly coaching with me on branding and pitching if they buy the course right now yeah so we're gonna they're just gonna get access to some new opportunities in the future that other people won't get amazing about to completely revamp this whole experience. So, okay. And then yeah, wherever books or audiobooks are sold, if anyone loves an audiobook, we do have the audiobook of it. Um I as you know, like I'm a step-by-step. So pretty much at the end of every chapter, we have like study guides That's for so you cool. as well. And um I'm on Instagram at Joels J U L S Solomon S O L O M O N. You can pop into my DMs. I'm happy to extend the conversation there, support you in any way possible. We can talk about pitching
1: and buy my book. Thanks. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, they really should buy the book because it's for them. That's a great not pitch. A for buy you. my book. It's really not for you. It's really for them. So go buy the book. Yes. And thank you, Jules, for coming on. It was great thank to see you. you. Thank you. It was you so fun. You. How incredible is Julie? All right, here are the takeaways. Number one, we are worthy to get what we want. There's no shame in it. Now is the time to claim it. It's not a dress rehearsal. This is life. Don't waste it. Number two, love begins with you. Number three, acceptance allows us to come to grips with the notion that there's a problem that's part of you and no longer fits. It's your job and your job only to remove it. You're responsible for it because it began with you and you can choose to end it with you. Number four, no matter what you wanna do, you have to start learning and walking the path behind someone who has done exactly what you're trying to do. Number five, don't assume responsibility for other people's success or happiness. You can express your own joy and that is enough. It might give someone else hope or the strength to do the same, but it's not your responsibility to do that for them. Number six, your why has to be greater than any excuse you'll have. And number seven, allow your passions to grow and evolve with you. Thank you so much for being here. I know you have a million things going on, so I really appreciate that you listen to the show. If you want to get the amazing episodes we have coming up, make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify, wherever you're listening. And if you're loving the show, I want to hear about it. In fact, because it's my birthday... If you want to give me a birthday gift and you also want to help this show tremendously, I'm going to give you back a gift. So all you have to do is go ahead and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Audible, wherever you're listening, leave us a review. And then send me a screenshot, DM me a screenshot on Instagram, and I will send you back a Starbucks code so that you can go get your favorite drink at Starbucks. And then if you really want to celebrate with me, when you go get your drink, go ahead and post a photo of you with the drink and tag me. And if you want to mention the podcast, that would be awesome too. And you can get in on this celebration so we can all celebrate together. So all you have to do is leave a review, send us a screenshot and we will send you back a Starbucks code so that you can go get your favorite Starbucks drink on me. And we can celebrate my birthday that way. If there's anyone else you can think of who would love the podcast, please let them know about it. You can also tag me if you post about it at Kathy.heller, like I said, or you can also tag Julie at Jewel Solomon, because I know that she would love to see that you like the conversation. Finally, our retreat, our next retreat is going to be on a gorgeous, gorgeous ranch in Malibu. It's so beautiful there. It's like this bougie, rustic, like twinkly lights and chandeliers in the oak trees sound bath, breath work, meditation, rewiring our minds, really getting into some tools to help you rewire your subconscious so that there's no more suffering. And instead you are wired for abundance and you are manifesting and materializing all of the gorgeous things that you came to this world to create and to receive. If you want to be a part of it, go to kathyheller.com slash retreat. We already have a bunch of incredible women signed up and it is going to sell out. So grab those seats before it does. I love you so much. I'll leave you with a song of mine and I'll talk to you on Thursday.